0: And welcome back to another episode of Forgotten Eagles. I am your host, John Helsebeck, the former assistant athletic director and assistant baseball coach at Stanley Community College in Albemarle, North Carolina. You guys hang on tight. Region 10 will never be the same after this. What is up, Forgotten Eagle podcasters? I guess that's right, podcasters. My latest wife is from Ohio, and she says she's an Ohetian. Um so I guess we'll just roll with whatever and call you guys podcasters. On this episode, we bring on former two-way eagle, the Wild Man, Casey Lyles. What is up, Casey?
1: What's up, man?
0: How you been, brother?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Doing good, man. I can't complain. If I did, nobody care anyway. Casey Lyles was a graduate of Statesville High School. And was in Albemarle from 2010 to 2012, where he tossed 80 and a third innings on the mound and had 74 at-bats. Um, a fiery two-way guy. That was um, everything I wanted our program to be about. Um, before we get into um, the stuff on our, on our list tonight, um, I, you, didn't, you didn't see this. I added this um, with my pinsmanship. Pen, um, what's up with the military time this morning?
1: Oh man, my wife's a nurse, and it's just easier to keep everything sane like that. Nice. Everybody, everybody, i mean—gets confused. You text somebody six o'clock at like six a.m., six p.m. It's just easier to keep everybody like that. I like that. I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna implement that now. Like seriously, that—that's, that's so. Texting cool. Casey, like, hey, what time are you gonna get on this podcast tonight? Like, man? He's like, 1900 to 2000, and I'm like. Wait, I like literally I had to stop for a minute and think back. Like, okay, I I was not in missile training that day, so um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember it going, man. But um where you guys where you living at now?
1: Man, we're up here in North Idaho area, Statesville.
0: Statesville, back, back home back home, man. I, I miss uh I miss my home every day. One of my best friends ever, um, Jacob Russell, he uh he's more Winston Salem area, but he is now um living in rural hall um right like two miles from from my homestead man so i, I miss home i'm glad you're uh, able to get back there that's pretty cool
1: oh yeah man about seven miles from the parents house oh He's you shabby
0: you can't beat that at all man and you you haven't been married long right
1: uh one year this april
0: one year this A- What what day i got married in april
1: april 3rd man
0: nice congrats man so you better um hopefully you have something uh planned as this podcast will um we're tomorrow when this podcast is being uh recorded tomorrow is actually april fool's day so hopefully you already got you're on top of things for um your anniversary
1: oh yeah man we're going to mexico
0: sweet really oh that's right you yeah, told me that next week you'll be out that's awesome man congrats and um any any plan? you, you know i know you've listened to some of the podcast so i i'll ask some um question and some guys are like man shut up um any any kids in the talks you know have some some children
1: Ah, uh, i guess it's a go after this we just mainly saving up since we paid for this it's all inclusive we wanted to make sure we could drink and everything and enjoy it all <laughs> i love you know it, what man. i mean
0: <laughs> i love it man that's well, awesome my, my wife's talking about um a cruise this uh this summer um uh, since we don't have to spend it at the baseball field and um, and I was like, sure, I don't care. Where you, you want to go? I don't care. Just as long as I have the drink package, we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, always. All you can eat, <laughs> all you can drink.
0: That's it, man. Um, so, obviously, um, what what sports did you play in high school? I know you played more than just baseball, right?
1: Uh, in high school, I was just baseball. I didn't do football after middle school.
0: Okay, so you did football until uh, middle school or uh, until high school. And then uh, strictly baseball. Um, I remember this class the 2010 class is um, one of the classes like I kind of started um, figuring out the how to recruit again I was thrown in the fire as a as a dude that was still trying to play and all that and I remember um, wh- what do you remember about the recruiting um, aspect of of Stanley and, and what really choosing Stanley
1: uh I think Honestly, I think I was at Pfeiffer for like a showcase one weekend, and you just happened to be there. I remember you being there, and I got like a phone call like the next day or that week or something, and you wanted me to come down for a workout. I, me and my dad came down, and it was you and Derek Moses. I remember what, that because I threw my I threw my pin to Moses. What what and did uh? It was, was Lamb out there that day? Nah, we went. Uh, do you remember the warehouse y'all used to have?
0: Oh my God, yeah, I love that place. I wish we. Yes, I do. It was an old tire warehouse.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where I threw the pin. It had a cage in it. Did a little hitting and everything.
0: Nice man. So who who all were you getting recruited by out of high school?
1: Man, uh, West Virginia, Westland a little bit, y'all. I had, I talked to God, some school down in Florida a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean it wasn't much. My. I mean, not to rag on my coaches or anything, but they didn't—they weren't the greatest recruiting help either. It was mainly on me and my mom and everything. So, I mean, it still worked out. It all worked out good. Right, Uh, and I think with my choices,
0: very good, man. And um, my dog was shut up back here. We're out here with the with the two boys. They finally laid down. Um, But um, but yeah, no. um, You know, touching on that though, because I get a lot of um, heat. A lot of people know I don't. Um, Not that I don't respect high school coaches, um, but I don't think people understand. um, I respect high school coaches all except for one. um, But people don't understand what exactly they're hired as a teacher first. Um, Right. And then second, they are if they have some sort of background, they can coach. um, I mean, for example, um, Tutorow's dad obviously never played women's tennis. So, right. you know, he, he's never been, so in the, ba- the high school baseball coaches, there are some really, really good ones out there, but the majority of them just have never been there and, and know how to promote a kid or um, I mean, for example, one of the things I do um, in, in one of my baseball jobs is the fact that I do all, all behind the scenes, now, I do not want my name on anything. I'm sure you, you heard some of that, but um, one of the things I do is I get, stats. These guys are supposed to send in their stats that we've listed as the premier guys in the state. They're supposed to send them in on these dates. And it's like pulling teeth to get them to see. all we're asking for is to send them in this one, like once a month for three months. How hard is that? You know? Um, but guys are just it's it's difficult for baseball guys to understand non-baseball guys in a baseball position, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Statesville, I mean, the whole um, I mean, that whole surrounding area, all of North Carolina is always um, put it spit out pretty good baseball players at every level across the nation. And, um, you know, it's not always it's always the kids are having to go and, and promote themselves. And again, I think we're doing that too much these days as we're getting to kids are getting to a spot where they're more auditioning and not competing. In games, and that's kind of watering down the games, but and the talent. But anyway, um, you come to the warehouse. Um, what what ultimately was the decision that you decided to go to Stanley or to to say, hey, coach, uh, I'm coming? Because I know the Pfeiffer camp was always a big camp for me. I'd actually work it, um, and uh, Coach Hayes always did a fantastic job there. And we'd have Freddie Suggs and Gary Randall would come down, and uh, old boy from the Rockies and Billy Best. It was just a great all, super camp. And you'd always find so many, um, so much local talent that's been overlooked um, at that camp. And I'm super pumped we found you for sure.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I just remember going to that, choosing Stanley. I mean, I guess it just, it it resembled home a little bit, you know, a small town. Everybody, you you walk into Walmart and everybody's going to remember you. You know what I mean? Right.
0: And how far were you from home?
1: Uh, I think it ended up being like an hour and a half. They're not too bad. Yeah. I would come home on the weekends when we didn't have games or practicing and work. So it worked out perfect. Gotcha. And um, as a two-way
0: player, and, and this is something you're going to have to refresh me on, um, I knew I loved you as a pitcher. I knew I knew you could hit a little bit, play defense, play, play infield. I thought you would be um, a, a guy that had enough athleticism to track balls down in the outfield. Um, as well and and just be that juco guy because to me juco's you're going to have like four po's you know that and you, then you're looking for guys that can throw the pill and also play everywhere um and that's kind of what i've been you know trying to teach to a uh, buddy up in southeastern right now on, on the recruiting side of it um you're just getting athletes you're getting baseball players um what what was it a was it a discussion beforehand that you'd be a two-way guy or what how'd that go
1: Oh, I was always open for it. I, I think I came into Stanley wanting to kind of play the position, but I primarily wanted to pitch. Mm-hmm. And I think after the fall, I think we had like a little sit down. And that's when y'all made me the number. I was a, a weekend starter because I remember getting the, one of the opening games against Rockingham. Right. And you were I, a
0: weekend starter both years, right?
1: Not the second year because I played more in the field the second year because a bunch of people started flunking out.
0: That's right, because you had you had um, let's see, where does it say seventy four at bats? You had fifty one of those seventy four at bats in year two.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I even had a home run.
0: You did hit a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I know I stroked that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, only co- college home run, man. Of course, gonna remember it.
0: Hey, that's all right, man. Um, so, what opposition did you play when you weren't pitching? I know, I know, we had, I know you worked out a lot at short. Um, where, where else did you play?
1: I went to, I played second because Jay Wall had short pretty much locked down. Mm-hmm. I played second a few times. I think I bounced over to third a couple, but then I played right and left field. And, and I remember we we, we had that we had the infielders. We just didn't have the outfielders, is what we were starting to lose a lot of.
0: Yeah, and you had, and, and again, obviously uh, uh, a guy that was um, in the starting rotation as a freshman and and threw very well. Um, you were a guy that obviously had a good arm, and like I said, just that's one of the big things. A lot of people, you know, well, why why does everybody want to play shortstop? It's not that everybody wants to play shortstop. Everybody thinks if you play shortstop, you're you're going to get picked up at, at the high school level to go to college, but that's somewhat the case because usually the most athletic kid mess. Um, most best all around kid, um, <clears throat> that's right handed. Will play shortstop in high school, and then once you get to that next level, we can put you at second, third, first, left, center, right. You know, what I mean, you, you have a chance to play, and that's why I love, and that's why I love kids. Um, I love the guys that we had at Stanley, because no one ever was like, I'm a shortstop. I'm a second baseman. I know a couple of games where Jay Wall played second.
1: Um, oh, I think he even played third a game or two. He
0: did exactly, and and see, so that's, I mean kids out there man they listen to this just play every position and just you don't have to like obviously play in the game but learn every position and, and take 10-15 minutes a day to practice a position you've never practiced for angles routes um you know footwork all, all the different things because it, it definitely pays off don't you agree oh
1: 100 percent
0: what's what's your one of your first memories besides uh like you you come down um i i love your family to death you got um big ed who's a how 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 let's kind of explain your dad to the to the listener that will never get to meet big ed
1: oh man he's a fool he's a <laughs> cheeseburger eddie man he's just a fool uh, he's a he's a large dude how, how tall is yeah, he yeah he's Every bit of six two, six three. He might even be pushing six four. I mean, all his siblings are tall. I mean his mama's even tall. Grandma, six, I mean, I look up to I look up to her. She was a basketball <laughs> star. Nice. But yeah, he's a he's a lineman. He's sixty-two years old. Yeah, sixty-two. But he's every bit as active as I am, working every day as many hours, if not more. That's
0: awesome, man. So he's six, six, four. Well, I mean, I'm obviously not fat. Who's he? Two, two, wise.
1: Oh, huge. Two, 225, 230? 230, 230 also. Awesome. Yeah, he's got a little belly on him, not much. Hey, we
0: can't help that, man, as we get older. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, and, and then you got your mom who is, uh, was always there. Fantastic. She has shared so much. Um, I actually texted her last night. Um, I was, I just typed in Lyle's. I was going to messenger on Facebook and out of all the numbers I haven't lost, uh, through the years, I still had, uh, miss Sheldas. and I was like, all right, I need a couple more stories, uh, for me and Casey's podcast. So, um, she was always there. She was awesome. Um, your sister was awesome. She always came to the games um, what was one of the first memories the the, um, the Lyle's crowd is coming down to Albemarle you're moving in Uh, where'd you live what was the whole what was the whole vibe and the energies of uh, getting your college baseball started in Albemarle
1: oh man shit we uh, moved into the chimneys I remember that that's where everybody was living I think my roommate was Houston Eisen mm-hmm. he, he was a fast little outfielder uh, <laughs> now we Moved in the chimneys. Really, that was the first time I really met everybody besides the open house or whatever, like two weeks before, and we kind of just got thrown in and just started hanging out. Um,
0: when what what was your you come in? We who was so it was at the time it was just me and was it just me and Lamb?
1: Yeah, you and Lamb and Hatley, but mainly so you. Was and there Lamb. the first year? Yeah, he was there the first year, not the second
0: all right perfect so now you have helped all of the uh um i've even had a couple like moses and stuff trying to figure this out so hatley's last year was 2010
1: 2011 yeah because i the, remember him and him talking to me and matt high at the Rockingham uh game yes that's so that's
0: <laughs> it's yeah, so
1: that game that game was pretty memorable
0: <laughs> and, and, yeah we're, we're definitely going to get there for sure um. So, one of the things, and we'll, and we'll get to that, we'll, we'll, a couple of things before we get there. You had a, um, and this came through on one of our um, message uh, text message threads. Um, your mom actually sent it to me last night. Also, Colby Bartlett shared it to all the guys. What's up with the, uh, and we'll, we'll probably post this if it's okay with Casey, uh, with, yeah. the, with this podcast. What's up with the Bozo the Clown haircut?
1: Man, I don't remember what was going on that week. Uh, everybody was getting haircuts because Fhinx and Dole lived below me, me and Houston. And he Finx was shaving everybody's head. And I was like, man, I've only shaved my head once before. And the last time I shaved, I was a little kid. I was like, man, screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> he started shaving. I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just do the cul-de-sac first, <laughs> and he did that. And I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna leave this shit. I'm going to a baseball game with my dad later." I said he'll get a kick out of this. <laughs> shaved it. We took a picture and all. I went to the game, took my hat off for the national anthem. My dad looked at me and said, "Shave that shit." <laughs> I was like, "Damn it!"
0: <laughs> like man, I was I was rocking this thing right here, man. I was excited.
1: No, man, I done went to Walmart with it and everything.
0: <laughs> oh man, so you, <laughs> so you, what what game did you and your dad go to right then?
1: We went to a South Rowan East Rowan game. Gosh, was it a playoff game? I think it was just a good conference game. They were in they were in my high school conference, so just went and watched them. Gosh. They were always good ball players.
0: And you, and you said that you lived above uh, Ft
1: yeah they were in an apartment below me.
0: so you were you were always able to save a lot of money um, when it came to you didn't have to go buy any extra stuff you could just walk outside and and inhale exhale and get the high that way.
1: Oh yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah uh, a lot of fiascos.
0: I'm sure were you involved with the uh, the night they threw the eggs at the uh, power?
1: power train I on. was I was upstairs when it happened because we walked outside we heard a boom walked outside and our power cut off we was like what the fuck happened and sure enough finks and all them standing out there looking then you hear them run inside real quick and it just gets dead quiet in their apartment
0: <laughs> well let's let's yeah. stay on the big eddie train real quick um this I think this is actually your second year Um, but as everyone knows it listens, we, we bounce all around and that's, that's cool. I don't have, um, time or patience to stick to a script, man. Um, but I'll never forget one time, um, back to the size of your dad. He growing up, were were you scared of him?
1: Oh yeah. That he had, he had a grip on him.
0: Yeah. He he was a, he was a big guy. You shake his hand and he's kind of like, Mm -hmm. all right, this is not a guy I want to piss off here. And, um, great guy. And I'll never forget, we were playing at Pfeiffer. And um, I forget who we were playing. Um, It was either College of the Albemarle or Danville. It was one of those series that we just kind of moved to Pfeiffer just to kind of, I don't know, you know how Juco, we moved to a bigger venue. Let's try to bring some more guys out, so on and so forth. But um, we got our tails kicked all day. And Smitty hits a rocket down the right field line line drive over the first baseman's head. And he's he's rounded first and he's halfway to second. I'm coaching third base. And he the the right fielder is is just now getting to the warning track. Well, Smitty is rounded second and I'm 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 bringing him. All right, let's go. I'm I'm waving him to third. I'm like, we're gonna start this off. We get a little momentum here in game two or whatever it was. And the right fielder puts an absolute rocket, just launches one right to the shortstop. Shortstop catches it. He turns, throws to third base, and Smitty's out by 15 feet. Like, it wasn't even close. And I just put my head down, and and all I hear is Big Ed behind me. He's he's in the state he's he's down the left field line. We're in the third base dugout. He's in those little bleachers over there. I think he's one of those guys like my dad, like I am now. to kind of stay you know stay down by yourself you know. And yeah. all I hear is that is the dumbest shit I have ever seen.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, he was pretty vocal.
0: And and I had my head down and I just was like yeah I agree I wish I could get the hell out of here right now it was one of the only moments in my life I wanted to disappear and it wasn't it wasn't really because of big ed it was just one of those situations like you're wanting your guys to be so good and you're wanting your you know like come on you, you this is a triple right here let's go well my he's a second baseman he's a lefty hitter like he should be at third he's not that fast though what are you doing I don't give a shit let's send him you're out by fifteen feet and and my my faithful crowd behind me let me hear it and I'm like, gosh, <laughs> <almighty.">
1: <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I would never I will never forget that because I was coaching um I mean it was years later. It was like a freaking twelve U game, coaching third base and the kid was rounding second and um like literally I was like, Oh Lord, if he gets thrown
1: out, big Ed's gonna yell at me. <laughs> yeah. Come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Um, he he was always pretty vocal in the crowd
0: it was awesome man i always felt close um, with your family you guys were um you guys were stanley um through and through it wasn't you know through every everybody wants their kids of course to go to lsu to cal state fullerton to tennessee to texas to coastal to usc that you know to north carolina nc state everybody you know that's D one or bust and um, and I got a lot of calls. I um, had a lot of um, conversations like that um, when I call a kid. Like I know this kid was getting, t- he was talking to UNC or whatever. He's talking to Coach Fox at the time, or um, t- talking to Coach Leggett at Clemson at the time. But I'm like, you know what? If 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 I, if I'm not gonna try to shoot at this kid, then you know what am I doing here? Let's see if we can get him. Let's two years here, man. Save some money. Let's go to the next level. Um, and I tried a lot of that. Um, and I had some guy I'm, I'm going to d one coach. you know no, no Stanley, what is that? No. no, thanks for calling though Bye. Um, a lot of kids that never called back, you know, things like that. <clears throat> now, I always really cherish and love the the families, not just the the player, but the whole family um, that really embraced the junior college level um, and and where you are now. And um, I think one of the things, um and you can probably you probably have some stories too that we'll get into about um either how much of a prick i was or or anything like that or some good and the bad and ugly i did or whatever but um i know one thing that brought us uh, together and we'll get this out of the way now so we can keep it rolling and and have only positive vibes uh from here on out um but it was a positive vibe to me um because it was something that's really stuck with me and and i've told this story a lot and uh um we were going to practice one day and um your your mom i think she she either sent me a text or an email i forget you know this is now that guys this is 2011 or two you'll you'll know the year this is between 2010 and 2012 um technology is not even close to what it is today um, i had to send a text message to twitter to tweet my stuff on my phone i didn't have an app it was like a code <clears throat> and um and that's how it works so it was either an email or a text from your mom and, um, she wanted me to call her. I called her and, um, she had told me that, um, your, your grandfather had passed away and, um, and I, and that you were super, super duper close with him. Um, and, and that it was going to be, um, just horrible for you. It's going to be, it's going to be devastating. And, um, and she asked me, uh, to, 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 go you know coach practice and let you practice and then talk to you after and um and and it was one of those things man where i i grew up in that moment um because i had always been the guy um it was kind of a surreal moment like all right now you you're the you are the dad away from away from home for these guys you're you're the big brother you're the you're the guy taking care of all these guys you got 40 some guys to take care of here uh, whether win, lose or draw good or bad, um, no matter what. And I remember going through that practice and I remember I can close my eyes and vividly remember it now as, um, throwing a ball up to hit a fungo and, and I hit it and I'm just looking at the ground and, and like, I'm like sweating, man. I'm like, you know, thinking about how I'm going to talk to you about this, um, and, and everything. And, um, you know, it was, it was practice ends. Um, I don't know, um, I don't remember as much of the detail of how how we went about it. I know you and I kind of went down the left foot line, I believe, and and talked, and um, hugged, and um, both shed a few tears and stuff. And um, I just I, I wanted to say that here, especially on this podcast um, with you, because that was a moment that changed me forever um, for the for a positive and um, in, in a good way. Because I grew up a ton in that moment, and at from from the time you and i had that moment it wasn't about me anymore it wasn't about i'm a coach at stanley i'm coaching college baseball it was about us it was about the guys being together and and you know if casey loses his grandpa if i lose my grandpa we're, we're all in this together and that was um a moment that sucked um obviously for you and your family um and it sucked for me as a coach um to to have to go with that go through that with you um just like i did with jeff stack and um something that happened with uh, one of his family members um this is years after stanley ended i drove back to go to a funeral with him and um that was tough and um but in that moment you you just kind of you grow up and, and you that's something that i'll never forget and um, I'll never I'll be forever grateful for, for especially your mom for reaching out and for you um, her knowing that you trusted in me enough for me to deliver that information to you
1: oh yeah uh, yeah she always knew I talked about you a lot whenever I came there and everything so I guess I never really talked about Lamb a lot I guess you were always <laughs> the coach to me if, you, if, that, if that makes sense
0: so <clears throat> But but um, yeah, I just want to say that on here, man, because that was just uh, one of the things that that I, I, I tell I tell a lot of people that story um, and and just the, the beauty of, um, you know, how how paths cross and things work out and um, you just become uh, you become almost family. You do become family in, in moments um, through even just a one year baseball season or if you're there for two years or if you're at a four year. Um, those memories even even get longer. Um, one of your boys, um, well, st- let's stick with the family thing real quick. Um, your mom said that, um, now I, I got to know if her and Dylan Finks were in competition or if they were in cahoots with uh, making, the, making the dinners. Your mom said she used to come down and cook on Wednesdays.
1: Oh yeah, she would come down once a week almost and come down and cook. She'd bring like a big pan of chicken and some veggies or hash brown casserole or something like that come down whip it up we'd come home after practice and hell i think nick and tyler started coming over i think maybe dylan came up a time or two but they always had a lot of food yeah she'd come down and cook a nice little home-cooked meal we'd sit down and eat it was good stuff
0: yeah man that's i mean that's the cool thing especially um you know guys wanting to go play somewhere four hours away from home six hours away from home whatever no, an hour and a half It's really not that bad. You're, you're pretty much in your backyard, and you know, your mom can come down and cook for you. I mean, that's, you can't beat that.
1: Oh, yeah. I think uh, you remember Miss Udi.
0: Oh, I know Miss Udi. Yeah, that's uh, Derek Moses' sister-in-law.
1: Yeah, so whenever we moved into Hawthorne my second year, she used to cook for us. Um, she'd bring us like a lasagna or some stuff and bring it over, or she'd already have it cooked <laughs> and bring it over. So yeah, she hooked us up too. You can't. So it's always nice having a good home cooked meal.
0: Absolutely, man, and and of course there wasn't no dude. We always do this live, guys. There's there's no telling <laughs> what's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there was no calf or anything at at um, Stanley. So, um, that and that see that's one of the things that really um really kills me about when I talk about them ending the athletic program, uh, as opposed to trying to get through some of the situations that happened and, and trying to start, not start over, but kind of, you know, Hey, th- th- this guy that did this and this person that did this, they're, they're out of here. We're going to, we're going to keep moving in this new direction. Um, because think about the chimneys, think about the gas, think about the food, think about the out of state guys, the the restaurants, the, all the things that, that are no longer, I mean, you know, how much money did you probably spend a week at Walmart?
1: Oh man, I'd say anywhere between twenty and a hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, so let's say, let's say a hundred bucks a person, forty guys, for however long a college year, a year is. You know what I mean? It's just the, yeah. all the money that's lost there that that could have been um, that was just just taken away from the city of Albemarle is is insane to me. But um, yet again, guys, we got. A guy on here, not only a guy that was at Stanley during the Rockingham fight, we got a guy that was at Stanley during the Rockingham fight that you guys know who he is. If you listen back, Casey Lyles. Again, he is one of the only two guys I believe. Larman was the other one that got tossed off, um tossed after the game was suspended um, from the Rockingham fight. Correct?
1: It was me and Jay Wall.
0: You and Jay Wall. Okay, Larman. Didn't yeah, lost but he broke his hand hitting a guy. Yeah,
1: he, he shattered his hand, yeah.
0: Jeez, oh, man. So, okay, so you and Jay Wall are tossed. Um, let's, and apparently, I, I remember this now, um, you had taken your jersey off after you had come out from pitching, and that's how they knew, like, which one you were.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, you remember those white shirts we had in the fall? Yeah. With, with the numbers on it? I just so happened to have the same number. So when I took my jersey off, I had that shirt on. And they installed that. <laughs> so they yeah. say a white
0: t shirt or a white shirt with this with a with a number six on it. And yeah. and and now we know this is a guy. So um sit back, relax, just take us. Um and the cool thing is your this your podcast is coming out right after um our first celebrity shot um podcast guy who um he knows a little bit about this fight. You guys will hear that podcast. Um, obviously, hopefully you had heard that right before you hear this one. Um, so this is pretty cool, the way we got this lined up. So take us take us through what, what you remember, man.
1: Man, I just remember it was me and Matt High were standing there where the, the dugout and the field meet, that little opening, the door opening. And we were just standing there talking. Finks just struck out the batter or, or something. And he was going to high-five the catcher. Next thing I know, there's a big commotion at second base, and everybody's running. So, of course, we go out there. We get out there, and brawls happen, and people are kicking people. People are punching people. Blood everywhere. Umpires are trying to pull people off. Umpire pulled J-Wall off, said he was gone, pulled me off, told me I was gone. So we both looked at each other and walked around the pile and started back in. And they came and got us again, and everything started dispersing. People were getting up with blood. I mean, cuts, gashes all over their face, arms. I just remember one dude with the big American sleeve tattoo. Yep. You remember him?
0: Yep. Finks talked about him. Finks actually, I don't know if he played with him or he coached him uh, or he came back as an alumni when Finks was at Rockingham. And he was like, hey, you were at the Rockingham fight, right? He was like with Stanley. He was like, yeah, I remember you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think he got his ass whooped.
0: Yeah, I believe so. And, and there was one kid I know he was. I just remember it was almost like a scene from a movie. There was a kid out past, um, right out in the grass behind second base for Rockingham, on a knee, arms over his his knee that was up, and blood is just pouring out of his face.
1: Oh, for sure, man! A lot of blood sp- sp- spilled that day. Absolutely, <sighs> no doubt. So,
0: <laughs> so, so when did you realize um, you, you were you were suspended or
1: ejected? I think y'all weren't too clear. Like they said, two players were ejected, and they were still clearing that up. Me and Jaywal kind of knew it was probably going to be us, but they weren't clear yet because they didn't know the number for sure. Right. And I think it actually took y'all like a day or something to figure it out. And then it was like they were trying to suspend us for five games, and y'all talked them down to three. Yeah, I fought or the hell something that something like that.
0: I fought the hell out of that because I wanted. I was I was like a lawyer that day. I was like, I want video evidence that they th- those were the two guys that did it.
1: Exactly. I mean, everybody, ev- even people in the stands were out there, man. Yeah. So you do remember that? Yeah. I mean, everything clear.
0: I mean, it was, it was wild. I I never, I thought the dude hit Dylan, but he didn't apparently dish picked him up and was carrying the big, the dad off the field uh, right before Dylan got hit from it. So, I mean, it was, it was extreme. What do you, what do you remember le- that led up to that?
1: I want to say there was some bickering at second. There's a runner on second, I want to say. And I think J-Wall and Dole, I think it was J-Wall and Hunter, and uh-huh. J- JT was in center.
0: Yeah, I know JT I T- think they a lot of shit that day. And apparently, according to the guy that's coming on, they he was warned um, on – he was told or notified on Saturday that – um, something may go down on Sunday Because of all the chipping on Saturday I remember guys going back and forth on Saturday But I didn't remember it being that big of a deal
1: No, I didn't remember really nothing on Saturday The only thing I remember was Sunday I mean, that's whenever I knew all the bickering was going down I thought Saturday was pretty clean-cut baseball
0: Right, and that was our first I mean, there, there,
1: there might have been a couple of like Back and forth like, you know, players do When people get on base But nothing like Sunday
0: so JT is talking talking shit from the outfield. I know, of course, Hunter Dole, He's one of the guys that could talk the shit with the best of them and get get away with it. He was like the 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 cute sly kid that would just be talking shit be like, "Hey, that wasn't me, man," and he'd like smile yeah. at you. like, "Okay, yeah, you're good, man."
1: <laughs> yeah, he'd be smiling at you the whole time talking shit.
0: Yeah, and Jay Wall was uh, Jay Wall's Jay Wall, and um, so so we the fight happens. Um, did did you get hit at all?
1: I don't. If I did, I don't remember it i mean i didn't have a cut or bruise or anything jaywall got hit i remember that I mean,
0: like i say always that hopefully the statute of limitations um have ran out and if they haven't it's just a made-up story but um i the, the only thing that happened i was trying to get guys off um i learned in that one as a coach to stay the hell out of it because we had a <laughs> crazy one a couple years later in the bcbl um at, at north myrtle beach high school and um and that was just wild. Um, some big jokers, man. And um, I didn't touch that one, but I remember trying to separate guys. And and uh, Rocky and Kid swung at me, and I was like, "Bop!" Like you don't swing at me, dude. <laughs> and I laid him back real quick. And I think, um, uh, oh my gosh, the, one of the pitchers was like like jumped on him real quick. It was crazy. But uh, um, so so you didn't get hit. You you get everything's settled down everybody's pulled apart everybody's bleeding some people are bleeding the jerseys are torn up and uh, pants ripped all that stuff um, what do you remember about the historic Todd Hatley speech and Jeff lamb's speech after the game
1: man I think my adrenaline was so going I think I don't even remember anybody talking after
0: that I just remember um, I, I,
1: I was blacked out dude I was in it. Well, this
0: is a perfect time to get in that because we were talking about with uh, Tudorow. I don't know if that one's out yet, or I think it is, um, about where you had a early you had early morning classes at Stanley and you made one of the uh, early college kids cry.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. I think he made that out a little, a little <laughs> worse than it was. I don't think I made the kid cry, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't come back to the group. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, I mean, I, don't, and, like, I just, I, I, don't, I wasn't dealing with it that day. It was just a bad day. That's all it was. Everybody has them.
0: Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like I said on that podcast, like Casey Lyles isn't crazy. And I say that because I, I see a lot of myself in Casey Lyles because like you said right there, you're so adrenaline, so pissed off. So everything like you're kind of blacked out and, and that's me. That's me to a T man. Like in that situation, you wouldn't have been able to pull me off. It had taken three people to pull me off out of that pile. Um,
1: yeah.
0: and that's not a bad thing, man. That's competitive juices. You're there with your boys. You got some guys talking shit. Yeah. you. Um, it shit happens. I, I don't wish this because I know there would have been criminal charges. But if that same fight happened in 2022 with all the technology, um, that'd be a hell of a fight to to, to see again.
1: Oh, for sure, man. I'd have loved to seen it.
0: Um, so you get in your car, you go home. I know we didn't play Rockingham the rest of the year. Uh, what was the vibe around the chimneys and around the team? Uh, right after that, because I know Hatley had gone off and he was ripping the guys. Uh, Lamb was Lamb was pissed. Um, I was just like, "Hey, let's." I liked seeing that shit out of our team. We just swept them and we got in a huge fight. We won the fight too, so let's let's keep going, boys. Let's let's go from here. Um, and Hatley's pissed at y'all, and then he said that if if somebody treated his family like that, he'd shoot them. And he kind of flipped the script real quick on some guys. It was kind of scary. And um, what was the vibe around practice and around moving forward after that?
1: Well, after the fight, everybody went back to the chimneys, and I mean, everybody was pretty stoked. Yeah, everybody was pissed off at Hatley, but I think everybody was like, fuck Hatley. We just whooped Rockingham's ass. <laughs> I, was, I think everybody wasn't really caring about what he said at that point. But when we got back to practice, everybody was kind of like standoffish. They didn't really, because of what Hatley said, and then of course, Lamb's backing Hatley. I mean, so everybody was kind of just standoffish to what they said for, man, it was several weeks. It was like he had to regain everybody's trust again.
0: All right, absolutely, and and that was one another one of those times I've talked about on here where it was kind of like I was the the guy stuck in the middle, um, like you know I think when it came to the suspensions I think Lamb was the, I was the one that had to tell you and j Wall, um, I was the one that had to like um, I was always the the guy the bearer of bad news to try to make me look bad which was which was wild. But um, speaking of Hatley, you, you only had him for a year. Um, what was what was something you know what's what's one of the major things you remember about hatley and uh, his practices or um you know like i said on here one of the podcasts he he was a guy as a baseball guy you got to respect him man he got drafted you know he, he got picked up as a free agent. he played uh pro ball he's got all his twin stuff he i think he roomed with kirby puckett one time or something like that and um it's just really cool guy um but he he, he was a different 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 character
1: oh yeah he, you, you, you definitely had to take him in pieces. He, I don't know. You could tell he was from the woods, if that makes sense. He was out there. He, he didn't get raised up around a lot of people, it didn't seem like. But he definitely knew his baseball, and I feel like I learned a lot from him. I feel like I definitely grew as a pitcher, and I feel like a lot of what I took on the Lenore Ryan came from him. Absolutely. And, I, mean, I mean, he definitely helped me out. He, a lot of the stuff he tweaked and whatnot, it just it just helped.
0: So, what is what is one of the things um, that uh, that he would always tell you guys if it was going to be a long day? Uh, what did you guys need to pack?
1: Man,
0: damn! You gotta pack. Your, to... You gotta pack your sandwiches.
1: <laughs> sandwiches, yeah. He, <laughs> he left out the D.
0: So you got, yeah. hey get you get you a sandwich, pack you a sandwich, eat your sandwich, and you won't be so tired. Eat your sandwich.
1: Yeah, and then he'd say it, and then he'd laugh real hard and throw in a big old dip, and it's all falling out. <laughs> and he was a tall drink of water too, boy. He was a big old fella. Oh yeah, he was every bit as tall as dad.
0: So, what about um, what 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 you got with um Jeff Lamb? What was I know you said earlier that you obviously didn't um, when you went home and stuff you didn't say much about him you didn't I guess you weren't around him much or he never was around the guys much or, or so on and so forth um, what's one of the things you remember about you know what's some of the what's your take on Jeff Lamb as as uh, looking back as he was your your coach
1: I just kind of thought he was just the person they paid to put a face on as the head coach you know what I mean I never really felt as him as a head coach all i remember is him carrying around mountain dew bottles
0: (laughs) how many how many dudes would he drink a day
1: man i remember getting in his van one time and he we were just going down the road it was like a day like a single game during the week right he had he had a six pack of the tall ones (laughs) you know the tall not the 20 ounces the little bit taller than the 20s I, i think the 24s yeah something like that yeah man i was like you
0: got six of these for a road trip <laughs> and not not in a cooler either just straight with the plastic in the plastic, plastic bag yeah just
1: <laughs> laid it right there in the middle he knew it, was, it wasn't even gonna get warm by the time he got done drinking them. <laughs>
0: That's it's kind of like me looking at a yeti cooler everybody's like man as much beer as you drink and you, you need a yeti i said i don't need no yeti because if i can't drink the beer I put in that cooler by the time that ice melts, I don't deserve to be drinking.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So now, what van were you? Were you not a Silver Bullet guy? I thought you were a Silver Bullet guy. You were getting land. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I rode over in your van quite a bit because we, we, me and you talked about conspiracy theories a lot in the van. Yes, we sure did. Was,
0: we'll, oh, yes. We'll,
1: we'll we'll touch on that. Keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, I bounced around so if it was a bad game or something, and. I'd always knew Lamb's van was empty, so I'd get over there and just get me a row and fucking lay down. Because everybody tried to pile in your van, man. It was like a sweat lodge, all them boys in there. <laughs> so, all right, what what
0: are, what are a couple of the best cons- conspiracy uh, theories that we talked about that, that
1: blew your mind? All right, you remember, you told me about two coins. You remember that? Two
0: coins. Oh, my gosh,
1: you have to refresh my memory now. It was some thing it was it's not out there anymore but it was on YouTube back then everything we watched was mainly on YouTube then and it was a thing called Two Coins Theory and it was it had a lot to do with the Denver Airport oh absolutely yes Denver Airport Conspiracy let's go yeah but it was like a two hour movie on it you told me to watch it. I went home that night I mean we got home late that night I went home and watched that shit I was like I gotta watch this after our talk yeah, the Denver airport and everything. I even had to fly out there just to see that airport, man.
0: <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm glad you made it back though. That's that's scary as hell.
1: Yeah, I mean that shit. I tell I tell everybody about that. I'm like, I show everybody to the uh, little Denver airport. that clips they have now oh, they yeah. don't have the two they don't have the two hour movie anymore yeah i know yeah. they took
0: that off and then they and then the nine-eleven stuff the loose change video with nine-eleven. yep um that's it, you, that's you my remember
1: the one with the warehouse behind the baseball field yes yes you had that one going around for a while
0: yeah man i'm i'm a for you guys that are just now listening to um forgotten eagles or didn't hear natural sponge or don't just baseball guys out there um, I am a conspiracy theorist to the day I die. I'm not a conspiracy theorist to say like this is the only way it happened, um, and my way is right and you're wrong. Not not even close. But there is some stuff to look at, guys. There's some stuff oh, out there to look. Sure. At. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. What? Um, so when you when you rode in Lamb's van, what what was what was the the convos like? Obviously not conspiracy theories with West Virginia football or what was it?
1: Man, honestly, there was not any talking at all in that band. He would turn the radio on like real low to something he was listening to. Everybody else that rode in that band went to sleep. That's Nobody wild. talked to him. He he literally was just a driver.
0: <laughs> uh I'd say and, and that's the thing, man. Like I said from the beginning, I don't this is not a Jeff Lamb bashing show. It's not at all. It's just kind of a thing. I think I want to get back, talk to the guys, and and start when, when you guys get to this podcast, you'll have heard the last part with Tudorow where I dropped something um, that a lot of people don't know about um, that that went down near the end um, of the Stanley program. Um, and, and that wasn't my doing. That was uh, – I was being questioned about some other stuff. Um, two things real quick that are kind of um, – unnerving a little bit probably um did you ever hear that todd hatley wasn't coming back if i came back did you hear that from you did
1: i heard that around the field yeah i didn't ever hear it from todd hatley himself or jeff Lamb, but i did that i did hear that around the team that's 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 see that's see we're
0: we're uncovering this these theories as we go together man
1: oh yeah gotta daggum clear up some conspiracy theories man
0: absolutely so did you ever were you ever asked or did you voluntarily go into um the administration office um regarding jeff lamb and your uh the in in either of your two seasons at stanley
1: no i wasn't no i never went into the
0: office gotcha um quite a few guys did and, and um it's just, it's just some crazy stuff, man. And, um, one of the cool things, um, on a, on a super bright note that we did at Stanley in your last year, um, that was, um, the video still out there. It's awesome. I watch it, um, probably more than I should. Um, I, I probably live in the past more No, I don't live in the past. Um, I like, I like looking back at the past, the cool things that have happened. Um, and the, the Ironman, Ironman challenge. What all, um, what all do you remember about that?
1: and we had to make our own little cop like you had little things you could win of course you had the physical part and whatnot but you you wanted to make it fun so you tried to get everybody to do costumes like team costumes right. everybody was pulling out wild stuff i think one person wore like a blue ghillie suit or something
0: yeah it was a, around. Look, i think
1: yeah and then we we wore underwear with iron man on our pecker yeah, you were the 69ers, right? Yeah, Team 69ers. Yeah.
0: What's his name that actually became ineligible, dang on it? Um, that shaved Beck.
1: 69 in his hair. Yeah, Beck. Yeah. I can't. Jacob Beck. Jacob yeah. Beck. Yeah. Yeah, he came over right before that. He was like, I think I'm going to do it. I was like, what? He said, shave 69 in my belly right now. He said, before I change my mind, do it. And we did it. <laughs> That's
0: it, man. The 69ers, we had. Uh, uh, GTL, the the you know the the new New England or whatever the New Jersey the Guidos, um, and we had the blue the blue team, and then we had the black team, which was hilarious because all the black all the white kids, four white dudes dressed in black, and then the one black kid dressed in white. <laughs> and
1: um, John Tay. yeah,
0: it was just uh, no, it's Samson,
1: Samson. Oh yeah, Samson.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Jonte was there your first year, right? where I was getting him from now. Now, did he um, did he become ineligible or how did – what what was his story? Because I know I text him a lot, and he's going to come on the podcast too. Um, but I, I don't remember him. I remember him, obviously, as a player in practice and stuff. I don't remember him in games.
1: I don't know if he was there in the spring. He was a, a lefty, I want to say, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really remember him pitching. I know he pitched in like some weekday games, but I want to say it was in the fall. I don't know if he moved back home or something in the spring. I don't, I don't really remember. I remember him, but I don't really remember him playing much.
0: And, and the thing is, man, that, uh, that I love about doing this right now is just the fact that, number one, we get our story out. Number two, we get to reconnect and talk to guys and, and all that stuff. And number three, it's like there's so many guys that even during that short four- to five-year span that, that Stanley existed, um, with an athletic program, so many guys came and went. So many guys, we, you come in, you become inelig- they become ineligible, they're away from home. That happens a lot. Um, and, and we were starting to get to that point where we had the um, athletic advisors in place, the academic advisors in place. Um, guys were all signed up for their schedules, the way they could graduate in a year and a half and all this stuff and start taking online classes at their, <clears throat> if they had already committed somewhere at that school. Uh, moving forward, it was, I mean, we were on that track. Um, and this is with tons of pushback. This is all me and Miss Udi and, um, oh my goodness, beautiful girl that worked in the administration building. I forget your name. I'm sorry. I talked to you the other day on Facebook. Um, she was awesome. Um, but we we did all this and guys were coming and going. We had so many guys we, we forget about. And I could not have told you his name unless you had um, brought it up the other day. Um, I, I can tell you, tall, really skinny, goofy lefty pitcher uh, from Florida. I thought, or he went to Florida and came back, whatever. Scotty. Scotty Williams. Yep. So tell us a little bit uh, about Scotty Williams. A couple of stories you have there.
1: Yeah. Scotty, man, he uh, he showed up sophomore year, 2011, 2012 year. Uh, he came from Florida, some Pensacola. Yes. Some Pensacola. big, some big school down there. Yeah, he was, he was at one of our school uh, schools in our conference, Lake Norman, lefty. He threw, well, I think low, mid-90s from the left side. He threw hard and had a lot of mo- movement. Uh, yeah, he was a wild one. Uh, we was playing Rockingham. I remember this because it was that game y'all were talking about. I think it was you and Tutter Road. It, When it snowed and then got yeah. hot, yeah. Scotty started that game in the okay. snow. Okay, it was Scotty. He was oh. Yes. Done. Yeah, he was getting loose, and he already said something felt weird when he was yeah. getting loose, but I, he didn't want to tell nobody, like none of the coaching staff, because he wanted to pitch, because this was like his first time back. And he, he was like, I'm, I'm about to make a name, whatever. And yeah. he got out there. Man, I don't even think he made it to a batter, and no, you heard I, the pop. Yeah, You heard I think, the pop from the dugout. Yeah, I
0: think it was six pitches. yeah yeah he
1: hadn't even made it through a hole batter yet that thing popped he came in the dugout swole up all that he didn't think he actually tore it because i remember we got home that later that weekend we got home and everything he was sitting there on the couch he was like hey go out in the backyard with me i'm about to throw this thing ain't tore i know it's not we went out in the backyard he threw a couple he said it feels funny let's just rest it monday we got to practice thing was still slow up he finally went to the doctor and they told him it was tore he came to the house that man he came over to the pantry door and just started punching on it i mean we had a wooden a wooden pantry door in the kitchen and he just started hauling off we're all sitting on the couch we're like just let him go for a minute finally we thought he was gonna break his hand we walked over there he had a hole in the fucking wooden door of our pantry door he punched a hole through the wooden door he was I, just going to town hands bleeding. He was mad. I, I,
0: I have, number one, to be completely honest with you guys out there, I, I have tears in my eyes and my whole entire body has chills right now because um, that kid was beyond special. He, he could have, not could have been, he was very special. But without injury, he's a guy that you possibly could see on TV one day. Uh, he was that good and he was a tall dude he was he was a he had the, he was a pitcher he was a, he was a pitcher and um and i remember him coming to that practice on monday and i was pissed off that he i was pissed with him because um, this is 2011 12 right yeah. yeah yeah all right so i was because i knew in 11 12 i was kind of moved into the pitching coach role and i remember him coming to practice that day and i was kind of pissed because i told him to go And make sure you get it done on Monday morning. You know, go and get MRI, go whatever, x ray, and then get your MRI, blah, blah, and make sure you get it done. So at practice, we can kind of start developing a plan and seeing what the situation is. And he didn't go. And I was like, I was like, Aaron Sneed was still there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. So um, Sneed, there's so many years, so many guys. So Sneed, I remember, I now remember vividly, we're standing down in the bullpen. I was like, I walked by Sneed and I was like, hey, go up and just start talking to Scotty and um, just start talking to him about girls, start talking to him about um, NASCAR, talk to him about whatever, just about, just, and don't, don't ever look at me. And he was like, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And he went up talking to Scotty. I've been talking to somebody else. His name was Samson. And I walked over and I just kind of waited for the right moment I walked up behind him and I grabbed his his you where that old that where the owner nerve is at UCL and and I did the little pinch test that everybody does um, unfortunately I'd spent a lot of time in training rooms during my uh, college days and learned a lot of stuff though um, and I walked up and did the little test and man he all but fell to the ground and I just I just looked at sneed and said damn it and he was like, "What?" I was like, "He's got a torn UCL. Like, he tore UCL." Um, but to hear, to hear, because um, Scotty was always kind of a goofy guy. Um, he was also he's also the type of guy that um, is like most pitchers and most I guess guys his age. I was probably the same way. We're not going to let you in. We're not going to like show emotion. Um, so I didn't know how he took that, um, but to hear hear that man, it brought tears to my eyes to know that he had that much passion. Um, and and hopefully he didn't break his hand, but uh, that sucks, man.
1: Yeah, he he was he he definitely had a lot of passion, but I think he stuck it out the rest of the year. He stayed there. I don't think he really came to the games and whatnot, but he continued to live with us. I know that. That's
0: awesome. He, that says a lot about the person.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely finished school up and whatnot, and he he would drive home and work with his dad and whatnot. But he was he was determined he was going to come back. He had that surgery. I think he even went through rehab. But I don't think he ever actually went on and played again.
0: Yeah, and and that's one of the things I tell. Uh, I mean, this goes to all you athletes out there listening now. I mean, that's my my stepson. Um, you know, labrum surgery on April 11th, and um, is one of the top top three in the state in his class here in 2024 class in South Carolina, and all of a sudden he goes from 86 to 77, and you know what's going on, and um, you know it. It's timing is everything. Um, you can, there's always a chance you can come back you're all you know you always work your ass when so try to come back but you know for it to happen now as a sophomore, it gives you time. you know if you're a guy that gets injured out there and if you're a guy that gets injured um, like Scotty, you know bust your ass even if you don't make it back just like Scotty did um, try to come back. you know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah he was I mean even while he lived there with the cast on all that good stuff now that's all you heard him talk about I'm going to this school I'm going to this school next year. Because at that point, he knew this school, Stanley, was shutting down. He was like, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be playing there next year. He said, just watch. He made a lot of phone calls and whatnot. He was determined, but I don't know really know how it all worked out for him.
0: And we're getting good on, these, uh, on this podcast with transitions, man. Um, so what do you remember and how do you remember being told that um, – and you were one of the lucky ones, not lucky ones, but you were one of the luckier ones um, that you – we're done. Like your your two years at Stanley were over. Uh, what do you remember about when you were told um, that Stanley would no no longer have an athletic program?
1: Man, I felt for a lot of them, dude, and because I mean, a lot of them that were in that freshman class I played against in conference ball in high school, like fetter Tuttero, all of them. Yeah. Uh, some of the Rowan boys over there, all red and whatnot. But I mean, played against them and it just. They were like my brothers and whatnot, so I felt for them. They were going to have to find a new place to go. And I just thought it was all bullshit how everything was going down and having to make all these kids that were committed to two years here now have to find another home after a year. I just just felt like shit.
0: I think one of the things that I'm still angry about, and I'll, I'll say it, is it, it, was, it was with the baseball team and, and a little bit of the softball team too because there was a couple girls on there that – That I actually, I don't know shit about softball. Obviously, I know it's like baseball, but it's not. Um, I I called some schools for some of our freshman girls um, in softball because nobody else would. I think to this day, I still am a little aggravated that it all seemed to just be like, here, Helsebeck, here, these are the kids that need to move on. Good luck. See you. Here you go. And it was all
1: on me. Yeah, I do remember you making a lot of phone calls because I remember asking like Federer and everything. And Federer was like, I think Hesselbeck got me a uh, a place at Surrey and everything. And I think he found already a place at Surrey and all that. And I was like, all right, cool. At least somebody's doing something for him because you actually found, I think you got me my workout at LR, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Well, first first off, and and this is the – this this is coming from the heart you you got yourself a workout at lr um as, as with your work ethic and and how good you performed on the diamond your your stats i looked at i looked at the stats today just to get a little information for the start of this but your stats sucked on there and um that is in no way it was it was hilarious i started laughing and my wife's like what are you laughing at i said i said what these stats tell me about casey lyles is not what i remember about casey lyles and it just goes to show you stats they tell you a little bit of the story, but not even close to the whole story. And you got to go see a player for himself. Um, you were a dog, man. You were a guy that worked his ass off. You were a guy that was a fierce competitor. Um, you just wanted to win. And um, But, I mean, like like with the guys, I don't even know to this day. Um, I, I'll reach out for anybody. And um, I, I I called for everybody. I called for you, uh, quite a few schools. Um, you know, and, and I'm glad ALR worked out. And um, you know what was your what was your time like there at Lenore Ryan? You're in the sack. Um, hopefully y'all got y'all. Hopefully y'all beat up on Marshall Hill a little bit um, because after Coach Taylor left, um, I've had nothing but frustration with with the way that places ran up there.
1: Yeah, uh, LR was it was all right, but I, I always thought Stanley was a little funner college. I don't know, LR <laughs> for, felt more like a high school than a college. You know if, if that makes a little more sense. Right. But the baseball program. It was ran. I mean, Paul Knight, I loved him as a coach. He was a great coach. Fantastic guy. Unfor- unfortunately, he was only there my junior year. And then we got, you remember Fleanor from uh, <laughs> Sumter?
0: Yeah, Coach Flea, man. He's a wild man.
1: Yeah, he brought the military into it. I remember him coming in and knocking down light poles and making us, he went out there with a chainsaw and cut them up and made us run around the field with them. I was like, God almighty, what is going <laughs> on? I thought we was that I'm training for war
0: that's but where you yeah. got yeah first taste of uh, military time
1: <laughs> yeah exactly I mean he he even told us one of the first days he was there he said we're gonna have hell week he said there's gonna be five people that throw up every day and if there's not we're staying until somebody throws up and man I remember people going to the hospital the president had to come out of the college and have a meeting with him because there was too many kids going to the hospital. <laughs> Damn. I'm play. serious. I
0: am serious. I've heard some flea stories and that, I mean, I hate, I don't hate to say it, but that, that fits, that fits the mold, baby.
1: Yeah. I mean, this dude, he was ruthless, but I mean, he took us to the playoffs. I mean, what can you say?
0: Yeah, exactly. How was, what was, uh, what was your time like there on the diamond? How, um, and you were there for two years. You, you you graduated from there, obviously, right?
1: Oh yeah, 2014. Yep.
0: 2014. So you stayed. See, Stanley, we kept you on track. You, you were the you were the golden child, man. That's the perfect perfect thing. You go to two years, save some money. You go two years to LR. You get a degree. You play baseball for four years. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. LR what, was what? something there. So what?
0: What'd you get your degree in?
1: Uh, I got it a bachelor in business and then an art degree and sports medicine.
0: Nice man, congrats.
1: Yep, yep. Very
0: good. Very good. So did you you went there as a as a PO?
1: Yes, pitcher only. I was a relief pitcher primarily.
0: And and again, I do remember um, being in Myrtle Beach that next year and um it was it was difficult. Um it's not like it is today, guys. We can't turn on ESPN plus and and just watch and, and all these game cast and stats and all this stuff. It was tough to find information and i always check after L R games and I saw when you pitched and stuff. So I was always pulling for you even when uh even when I wasn't around for sure. What's one of the what's one of the besides Fleenor, um what's one of the your best memories of Lenore Ryan and, and your time there uh as a baseball player?
1: Man, I ain't gonna lie, It was So in high school, me and my cousin played on opposite teams and we would always pitch against each other. They'd always line us up like that. Well, he just so happened to be in the at Brevard, which was in our conference. And I remember coming in in a tight game in relief and actually getting the win. And he was the pitcher for Brevard at the time and just beating him. And that just that was my only game I got to pitch against him because he was a senior and I was a junior. So I just that memory stuck with me just pitching against family and in, in college that's don't all don't to do that much
0: no not many people can say they did that that's pretty cool yeah um so let's let's turn back to stanley real quick i'm um, just got a couple more things man you've been awesome um you know just definitely one of the guys that um if i was to make a if i was to make an all stanley um all stanley team um, you would 100% be one of the guys that's on there um, just with everything you've accomplished and continue accomplishing And we'll get to that um, but you're back in Albemarle it's your freshman year and we um, this has nothing to do with what I talked about guys on the last podcast with Tutero. Um this is, this is uh, the SWAT team not the FBI the SWAT team is oh, in downtown Albemarle
1: man yeah freshman year I'm trying to think I was in I think Dutter had a yellow truck at the time right
0: Oh my gosh, I forgot about that thing. Yes.
1: Yeah, I was riding with him. Uh, I want to say like Alvin, Manny, Silsby, all of them, maybe. Oh my gosh. He was at some, some bar downtown. I, I can't remember the name. It was on the corner.
0: Oh, the one right at the top of the hill?
1: Or, it might not have been at the top, but, like, right below the top of the hill.
0: Yeah, like, the first the first landing, on, and it turned into a place, like, a pizza shop that Sylvie worked at that had, like, 97 beers. One of them was a red uh, red velvet cake beer that was, like, 7,000% alcohol.
1: <laughs> yes, that's the place.
0: They used to sell, they, they, it used to be, I forget the name of the place before they changed it to that, but they used to sell, like, AKs and uh, illegal guns out the back of that place.
1: And that's where we're going with it. <laughs> we were, I mean, we were there. It was like, I mean, it was a bar scene at the time before it was the pizza place. And so we was yep. in there. Silsby was like, y'all come out with us. We all went out, rode in Dutter's truck. We all piled in it. Uh, we was out having a good time. About the time we was leaving, I mean, it was late. They weren't closing yet, but it was late. We were all piling in Dutter's truck. I just remember getting up front and sit, shutting the door. Silsby and all them piling in the back of the bed. And all of a sudden, black cars come out of nowhere. Lights flash. Me and Dutter look at each other. I mean, my heart's pounding. I'm a freshman. I'm like, man, my mom and dad's gonna fucking kill me. I'm like, I ain't even supposed to be drinking. I'm out at a bar. I was like, man. Cops come up, they're like, y'all been drinking? Everybody's like, nah. They look at us. They're like, can we search the truck? Dutter says, yeah. They search the truck, and they, they let us go but i just remember i think that's when that bar shut down
0: yeah they they let y'all go no questions asked after that
1: yeah i mean cuz they searched our truck and everything and of course the people in the bed of the truck started walking down the road so yeah
0: so they 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 were thinking it probably that like you guys were like there for a delivery or something
1: yeah i mean i don't know what rate, they rate, they rated they rated the place they said something was being sold out of the kitchen so when you said ak's and shit well, that makes perfect sense yeah cuz it yeah. Had,
0: it had that little um it had that little cut through alley that made like only one car could fit down to park or you parked on the streets. And yeah. I just know that like, I, I got in obviously with a the family there, uh, my girlfriend at the time and, and her dad was a profound, uh, uh, album Marley. I guess you could say, and he knew everybody, the ins and outs, they knew him and he would tell me some stuff. And, and that was one of the, one of them situations. I mean, this guy was so, so great. Hopefully he don't hear this and, and, I don't want to fight him either. He's a big, he's a big lefty. He's got the he's got the southpaw hook, um, but I just I, we get a call one night. I'm chilling at you know, coach baseball all day, and then I think I worked at Walmart the night before. You know, having worked four jobs, and we get a call. And it's like, oh, he's he, he's about to fight this guy, and and the mom's like, oh god, he's at it again. Us, uh, let's, let's get, John. I'm like, I, I'll go. Let's go, and like I'm popping out the car. At the same spot you're talking about, same restaurant, same bar, whatever. And they have that little, like, um, out, outside area on the sidewalk you could sit at.
1: The little patio. There. Yeah, that little
0: patio. And and I'm walking. I had to park across the street. It's me, girlfriend, her mom. And as soon as I get out the car, I'm not dressed for this occasion, dude. I, I you know, it's, it's I'm chilling. And the next thing I see, he's leaned over. He just bops this dude dude hits the ground table goes flying like three dudes come flying up on him his brother gets in on it I'm like running up like trying to be like the hey maybe future son-in-law I don't know like what do I do and and so I get in this junk and try to like help separate everybody I throw a couple punches and the cops come and they're like oh who started this who did this and they're like it's a couple of guys like he did and and girlfriend's dad looks at him and he's like Hey, uh, we're going to go down there and, uh, shoot pool tomorrow or go golf on tomorrow or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I'll see you down there. And there's left like, <laughs> all right, see ya.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Dude, man, that place was wild. Did you, did you guys ever go to the, um, the, the bar underneath the bowling alley?
1: I don't think I ever made it out to that one, but I went to the pool hall in the Gold's gym parking lot. I think it was.
0: Oh man. uh, um,
1: Corner eight pocket. ball or something corner, corner pocket.
0: pocket yeah 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 that's where um Tutter was talking about they got in trouble with having keystone lights in their pockets in there
1: yeah uh, him and Fedder and all them yeah <laughs> yeah so they all about sneaking some deer in so so you
0: guys got out of the uh the the, the night of the the raid in downtown and i think you're right that place um uh was shut down after that and I think it was, um, I, I know it's been bought again by someone else, but the, the original place, that original bar that you were at, um, this is 2010, right? 2010,
1: 2011. Yeah. Yeah. This was actually in the fall of 2010. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that original wow. bar was actually, it's, it's a well, well known bar around, um, around the world. Like it's a, it's a, um, whatever you call them, things, <laughs> um, a chain restaurant, uh, you know, Ah, um, uh, yeah. You can, you can buy into it and all that. And um, I know somebody in their car, like I do on podcast sitting there like telling me the word. I'm trying to think, but, um, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I, it was, it was a well known place. Um, the name rang a bell, and um, we'll have to figure out what that was. But that was crazy. There was a lot of shady spots down through there. Um, but you'll have that with any small old town.
1: Oh, yeah. Just like the people dropping them bags off behind the field in that deserted parking lot yeah yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> do you, you rem- see a lot of stuff when we hung out just at the field you've seen a lot of shady stuff at that park. oh my gosh man don don b baby
0: that that place it would uh it would allow you to get better at baseball and would also allow you to uh get better at street smarts
1: oh yeah definitely up your street game.
0: <laughs> um sticking with the the beers and stuff and the, and the brewskis uh um what i, I want to hear it from you i want to hear the story from the horse's mouth i i heard that you were you went into uh Helsebeck lyle's mode where you get really pissed off um <laughs> you cussed a lot and uh you were a little hammered that happens it's okay um when heintzman was looking for a ghost in your attic and he, and he broke your stairs
1: yeah man so yeah there was a rumor there was a ghost up in the attic and everything and Man, it was a big party that night. I think everybody's pretty fucked up. And I think it was about 2, 3 a.m. We all started winding down and going to bed. Everybody done left. And him, Fetter, and I guess it was Tudor And I want to say there was one other person. They were all still out there because they all kind of hung out together. And they were just, and Heinzman lived with us at the time. So they were just hanging out and everybody else went to bed. Next thing I know, I hear a crash. I mean, it wasn't just a crash. It sounded like <laughs> somebody done dropped a Ton of cinder blocks through the roof. <laughs> I mean, it um, it woke everybody in the fucking house. I swear it woke Miss Udi up because she lived across the street from us. <laughs> Man, I come out my damn door. I look down the hallway and I just see Heinzman laying on, or whoever was laying on the freaking floor looking at me. <laughs> I just, I went over there, grabbed him up by the shirt. I said, You mother." I was going into him. I was like, "Everybody in the fucking house, you had to fall through the fucking steps in the middle of the fucking night." I was just going at it. I think Tuttero and Feder left pretty shortly after that. Yeah, one of my proudest moments, but man, I woke up in a dead sleep thinking a damn elephant done come through the house. Man.
0: I wish people knew you, man, like, listen to this, because I could just see Casey Lyles doing this, and oh my gosh, I could just see those eyes, like, just ready to absolutely rip this guy's head off.
1: Oh, yeah, you've seen the movie The Hulk, where his eyes turned (laughs) green, mine turned damn bloodshot red, probably.
0: (laughs) So, I had a theory when Totoro told us that, about about Big Ed came down on Saturday, went to Lowe's, and, and fixed it. How did it get fixed?
1: All right, so, nah, dad didn't do nothing. He said, that's y'all's problem. He wasn't doing shit to it. I mean, he wasn't mad at it. I think our rent was $400, so it was $100 a person. He was like, I'll lose $100 before I replace that shit. I I think it ended up being Tyler's dad that came and replaced it. But we didn't get our deposit back anyway, so I don't know why he replaced it.
0: Yeah, does anybody ever get their deposits back no matter what, how they keep it? Like, that's just a that's
1: a... Horrible, horrible. Yeah, that's a scam, man. Absolutely, they got it all figured out. A broken outlet. All right, yeah, you keep them a thousand dollar deposit. Yeah, for a two dollar outlet.
0: Absolutely absurd, man. I mean, it's 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 awful, man. Um, so now, speaking of um, kind of construction constructiony, um, re- replacing those stairs, you are um, you can tell her by what you do and how you do it. Um, but I don't know how you do it, but the uh the stuff i see on facebook man that you post absolutely beautiful floors um and, and the thing you built in your uh in your in your garage at your at your new house is fantastic um that like little shit that big shelf thing you did um oh, yeah. i can do stuff like that the flooring stuff really hurts my knees and my back so i've laid some flooring stuff but i i don't even know where how to, how to start doing what you do man um th- those things are beautiful
1: yeah, it's just hardwood floors, man. It pays the bills. Uh, it started after college. I was up at Lenore Run, and I was working at a restaurant at night, car wash during the day. And I, I want to say at the time, I was working at a gas station, too, stocking coolers. Yep. And I got a phone call one day. My aunt's an interior designer. She knew this dude that does flooring. He needed some help. And she said that I was a hard worker and whatnot, so he called me. And he said, how many jobs you working? I told him. He said, how much you make between all three of them? I told him. He said, would you like to quit all three of them and work one? And I was like, well, fuck yeah. Yeah. So I went ahead and did that, and ever since it was that, I mean, it just clicked. My OCD and everything, it's just its perfect, man.
0: Oh, dude, you can, you can tell the attention to detail that... That you you do with those things, man. So so are you? Is it your own business now? Or are you still working for that same guy?
1: I'm still working for him a little bit, but I mean, I do my stuff on the side. I go, I do little weekend flips and work at night at people's houses and stuff.
0: So what what's what's been your uh, the coolest job you've done uh, so far?
1: Corey Seeger's house.
0: <laughs> how
1: is Corey? <laughs> man, balling. That's how he is. You know shit,
0: man. So, is this recent?
1: Yeah, I think it was actually, I want to say six months ago, maybe. So, so, Kyle, yeah.
0: so everybody knows on here so far that knows me. Kyle and I grew up together, and um, if if Braden was out here, he he'd be making fun of me right now. I remember when Corey was in diapers. I say that every time. Um, I, do, I do remember when he wasn't in diapers, but I do remember him. Um, being the kid that had little shorts on, like no shirt, hot in AAU baseball when we're 13, and he's got his wiffle ball bat, and um, just great family, dude, just so fantastic. And um, Kyle's actually one of the guys uh, that we're we're working on um, getting him on as a celebrity shot, um, just kind of break it off and tell some cool baseball stories. But um, that's awesome, man. What what'd you do at Corey's house?
1: Everything, flooring, stairs, nose, and everything.
0: Is this he, with your company with, with the guy you're working for? Is this like your side deal?
1: No, nah, that was for the guy I work for. He, it's one of the contracts he has with one of the builders. He just happened to have that builder. I mean, we do a lot of stuff for like Greg Olson, mm-hmm. uh, Antoine Bethay. Do a lot of NASCAR driver, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, we actually did Kurt Busch two weeks ago. Did you meet these so, guys? Meet some of them. Cam Newton. We got to meet Cam Newton when he was in charlotte a couple of years ago he had a hundred dollar bills as wallpaper
0: that's hilarious
1: yeah, were man. they real oh for sure and he had an egg you know the little sleeping eggs
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah he had one of them he, that's where he meditated or whatever he did
0: wow wow so if you if you have a chance to to somehow get my mother to meet kurt bush um i i have to ask you that because if she hears this and she would yell at me why didn't you tell him i want to meet kurt
1: <laughs> oh hell i just send her his address
0: <laughs> hey there you go man kurt, kurt was a hell of a baseball player too back in the day
1: oh no shit
0: yeah he could he could he could he can hit man for he really can he he did something at an all-star game a couple of years ago or whatever and that's why my mom really fell in love with him can't stand kyle but kurt's uh kurt's pretty cool um but that's, that's cool, man. That's awesome. You're doing uh, some, some great stuff. Um, I mean, the pictures that, that I see are just, um, I mean, they're, they're awesome. Man. And you can tell um, when it comes to stuff like that, that OCD, I, I have that too. When I do something, it's got to be, mm, you got to, now, hanging pictures, stuff like that, it's got to be straight, but I'm not going to measure 45 times. If I'm going to put that SOB up on the wall. Um, but when it comes to something, a big job like that, it's got to be very particular, um, and that's that's awesome, man. You're doing a hell of a job. I'm proud of you. Um, so how how is how is the clan? How is everybody?
1: Everybody's good. I actually just got back from dinner with mom and dad tonight, so everything was everything's good. Wife's good. She's living life right now. She got I think it's twelve days off in a row since we're going to Mexico. Oh, that's good. She's she, a yeah, she worked out her schedule pretty nicely. I wish I could do that.
0: Yeah, no joke, no joke. That's awesome, man.
1: But all due respect to what she does, she she puts up with a, a hell of a lot. I guarantee it, man. I'm
0: glad you found found you a girl. I'm glad you found you uh, you know a job you're you're proud of and and um, doesn't sound like you're it, it kills you to go to work every day. Um, oh no. And and it's uh, a deal where you're it's kind of. Um, Got you where you can go to Mexico for a week, and it's um, it's got you on the right track, and um, just super proud of you, man. I know I people people hear that on this podcast all the time. I I suck at getting wrapping them up because I don't want to get off the phone with the guys, man. We we've we've been through so much together, and um, we're definitely going to have you back on for a uh, what I'm calling thirty for thirty shorts. What that is is we'll have you on with um, like Derek Moses and Dylan Fink's at one at the same time. And just let you guys, you know, shoot the shit for thirty minutes, and we'll post that. So, um, just cool stories like that, and and stay tuned to to some more Lamb stuff, um, and and Stanley stuff that happened down the road. Um, do you ever remember? Do you remember the story of um, Jeff Lamb and his kid with the diaper?
1: Man, I vaguely remember something like that. If you start talking about it, I'm sure it'll start flashing up in my mind. But I'm vague. It was something at practice when he told this or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and well, I think we were
1: sitting on the bleachers when he told this or something.
0: Yes, and I was kind of um, I, I've kind of started um, at the end of these podcasts start to start connect the dots for the for the listeners of of how things went down. The last one with Tudorow, I talked about some stuff that happened with the FBI and some things like that that no one except for maybe 35 people knew about um until I said that on the la- on Tudero's last one and that'll come out um soon but anyway um uh yeah it was You're a, talking it about
1: was, the FBI agents around Albemarle. Uh
0: yeah well they uh were following me a minute around um to question oh, us yeah. so that's okay. that's pretty crazy uh, you'll hear it on on Totoro 5 it's it's wild um and so we uh so yeah we're at practice one day and he says um uh that his son pulled off his diaper shit in the floor in the middle of the living room and he grabbed him by the head neck and and pushed his face in it like a dog uh, so yeah. he that again
1: yeah that's that's pretty fucked up to do to your kid You do you remember that yeah I do now cause everybody kinda looked at him like what the fuck like you actually did that to another person
0: and, and you remember um, – do you remember the day where I drove the uh, soccer team, the men's soccer team, to USC Sakahachie for their soccer games? Um, on oh, like
1: a Wednesday or something, I think yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, and Lamb, that's when he went off on the stuff about um, he's the captain of the ship, blah,
1: blah, blah. Yep. Yeah, he did have us all sit down for that one. He sat it down. I remember he sent you all and him – was this fresh? No, this was sophomore year, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, this was being your but, sophomore year.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, he sat us down. He was, I forget what he really went off on, but he was like, I just want y'all to know I'm the captain of this ship. If anything's going to go down, I'm going down with it. And we were just all like, where the fuck you been at then? <laughs> you know, like, wh- where have you been at the whole damn time if you the captain?
0: And, like, and I say that to To kind of rock, to kind of close this up and and shake shake this thing up a little bit more with with this statement. Um, do do you remember right after that when he was suspended? Do you remember that at all?
1: Not really.
0: So he was suspended for like it might have been two months. I don't know if it was with or out with or without pay. Um, he was suspended like two months, and it was it was kind of that off season so the guys you know didn't have to ask a lot of questions it's kind of how it all worked out and it was leading into do you remember when you found out that the season was that that
1: the program was going to be over I think we came back from Christmas break
0: right so this is leading so this is the end of the fall into December um, would have been when he was suspended so when you guys came back from Christmas break right Um, so, so with that being said um during that time when he was suspended um, not only did the whole FBI thing happen later or during that whole time um, I was I was brought in to um, the administration office and I believe Minner Minner was as well we're gonna have to talk to Minner, Minner Minner's a busy fellow um, and and you, you were able to play for Minner what, what'd you think about Minner?
1: a lot of fire That boy loved He wanted to win, and he loved just aggression, I guess is the best way to put it. He wanted you to be out there. He didn't want you to be quiet. He wanted you to be out there and make a noise when you stepped on the field.
0: Absolutely, man. man. is one of the one of the best baseball dudes I know. Um, cool story that happened with him that I, I'm waiting. Uh, I want to tell it so bad, but um, it didn't involve Stanley's when he was playing uh, college baseball at Eckerd College. I'm going to wait for him to be able to tell that story when he was in the outfield and he won a game on a diving catch. But did he really? Um, just a complete competitor through and through. I believe that he was – I'm 99% sure he was interviewed too and stuff. And um, I, I had – Quite a few interviews um that i had to go in talk with the president talk with administration <laughs> they answer questions i had to write pretty much like an affidavit um and and i'm actually going to I, I found it not long ago um and i'm actually going to in our move and i'm actually going to read that here on a podcast um it'll probably be in the month of may when it comes out but um i will read that affidavit affidavit here and um you got to stay tuned for that one because i read it the other day my wife read it um it's pretty freaking shocking i i guess i try to forget some of the stuff that actually happened happened uh behind closed doors oh yeah so Casey, man, anything else, man, you come up with, you remember stories of, um, put them in your phone. I know we all have our phones on us all the time these days. Uh, start a note section, put them in there and uh, and and just save them for the, the 30 for 30s. Um, and, and we're going to start working on, and we, we've started working on it, but I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need a lot of guys' help. Um, we're going to go back to the Dom one day. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna cook out. We're gonna drink some beer, and we're gonna uh, bring our families back. And we're just gonna have a have a hell of a hell of a time. I know the Holiday Inn Albemarle will be happy we all came.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, bringing back a lot of funds to more for one last time.
0: That's it, man.
1: So you would be down to come, right? Oh, for sure, man. Absolutely, would miss it for the world. That's it,
0: man. I'm I'm super super proud um, I'm thankful that our paths were able to cross and that. That you were a stanley eagle i'm thankful that um everything has worked out um so well for you and and you're such a hard-working guy and um you got your family started and you got your, your mom and dad close by and um that's just a beautiful thing and um just super proud of you man
1: i really appreciate it man thank you very much
0: absolutely man before we end this um this, as as this show will be coming out around the middle of april i'd like to say that we can all help uh, prevent suicide uh, the national suicide prevention lifeline phone number is 1-800-273-8255 and provides 24 7 free and confidential support for people in distress prevention and crisis resources for you or your loved ones again the phone number is 1-800-273-8255 Also, 988, if you dial 988, it has been designated as the new three-digit dialing code that will route callers to National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. This code will be available to everyone across the United States starting on July 16, 2022. And again, that three-digit code is 988 from any phone you dial it from. This is not a sponsorship. This is not an ad. This is um, a deal where... Uh fourteen years ago, I believe it's fourteen years or fifteen years, fourteen years now, um, on April twentieth when my uh, roommate and catcher on our baseball team uh committed suicide. And um, you know, always wish there was something that I could have done uh to, to help him with that. He'll always be missed. I love him dearly, miss him uh, greatly. Uh rest in peace, RPM, you the man. And um, you know, this is uh you know with everything going on in the world today enjoy life man casey enjoy your family enjoy everything that you've done know that i'm proud of you know i'm here for you if you need anything and um next time i see you man we gotta we we got a lot of beers we should we we have we have to drink
1: oh for sure man i'm always in myrtle beach i don't know where you're located anymore but i'm always (laughs) in myrtle beach at least once a year
0: not far not far at all you can you can do a few days in Myrtle Beach and come down near the charleston area for for a few more and you don't even have to rent rent anything you guys come down here you got a place to stay at the house
1: hell man i do some work down in charleston every now and then
0: but it looks like we looks like you can have a long take a long weekend
1: Dag, i'm right <laughs> love you dog.
0: proud of you thanks for coming on the forgotten eagles podcast brother all
1: right man i appreciate it all right later see you